You're listening to How To with Katie and Suze, a podcast created for the young Christian who wants to understand faith in real life. These are your hosts, Katie Hathaway and Suzanne Rhodes. Okay, everyone, welcome back to today's episode. We are so excited to have Corinne Allen here with us today. Corinne is a graduate of Union University, which is where we all three met. She's currently living in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and she has her own company called Lovely Gray Co. that sells beautiful cards and prints and earrings. And Corinne is so special in my walk with the Lord because she was my discipleship leader for two years and has really taught me what it means to walk in faith and in consistency with Christ. And she was one of the first people that really sat down and walked me through what community in um, Jesus's name looks like. And um, she's just so important in my life and has anyone who meets me now is impacted by Corinne and the ministry she did for me. So I am stoked to have her here today. Um, Suzanne has a special story with Corinne. So Suze, how do you know Corinne? Well, so here's the thing. I have been so close, Corinne, to messaging you on Instagram and telling you this, but then pride and also laziness and also a forgetful memory. I never have done it. So what a perfect time to tell you the now. Um, but when I was a freshman, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do. You did the 1010 Bible study with the Panhellenic women on campus. And so that was um, the spring of my freshman year. I was a new Christian coming to Union, so when I came to college, I didn't really know much about Christ. And I always tell people it's it's funny because until I went to uh, my first New Testament class as a freshman in college, I didn't even know that the Gospels were all the same story. <laughs> like I tell people, and it's it baffles me now, but I'm like I had no idea that the Gospels were the same story because I truly didn't know how to read my Bible. And being in that Bible study really did change the trajectory of my life and my walk with Christ because I watched these older girls, you and, you know, all your friends who came to that Bible study. And I saw for the first time people who had this pure excitement to study the Bible. And I never seen that before. I never seen people who were like truly excited to know more about the Bible. And it motivated me to learn more about the Bible. And so that entire summer, um, I said, okay, like, I want to know more about the Bible. And so I just signed up for all these classes, all these Bible classes online and studied and read the Bible for the very first time in my life. Um, and it, and like, it's so crazy to think about that was only four years ago, mm. you know, and to see the Lord use his word to be a light in my life and to, you know, it is the living word of God and see it transform my life was just truly incredible. And so I never have told you that. So here we are. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like sitting here, sitting in tears. I know podcast listeners won't be able to see my tears, but (laughs) like what a way to start. I just feel so honored that that is how the Lord worked in your life. And that is just like, Thanks be to God. But thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for being here. We are so excited um, about this episode. So kind of the goal for this episode is to really sit down and go, what does it mean to have a quote unquote quiet time? Um, So you hear it thrown around a lot in church. 
But the goal for today is for our listeners to walk away knowing what a quiet time is and how to do one. You know, it's, and is there a correct way to do a quiet time? So, so that's kind of our goal um, for this episode today. So let's just kind of jump off with saying, um, how can we make a quiet time not become a checkmark list? You know, how can we make it, like I mentioned before, something that we look forward to and something that we have true joy and true curiosity in? Yeah, I think it's so easy for something that's like a good, beautiful, healthy rhythm to quickly become just like routine. And when I was just thinking about that, I feel like some of it is definitely a like process and a journey of like continuing to bring it to the Lord because like we're grappling with this. I am going to try to be consistent, but I don't want it to become so like regular in my brain that it becomes something I take for granted. And like, how do I keep it fresh and kind of just wrestling with that. And so I think for me, part of it is like, starting every time like with Lord to be like to recenter but also being honest with him when I'm in a season of like this feels like I'm just doing it because I always do it or I'm supposed to God like would you help me and sometimes like the best way for me to recenter is whether it be like I pray a psalm or just specific scripture that is able to center me and kind of bring kind of that fresh but I think also allowing yourself to switch it up and figuring out some of those key things of like how you best hear from the Lord. And I think there is obviously so much room for incorporating spiritual disciplines and we should, but I think also giving yourself the freedom to say, Hey, when this is kind of becoming borderline, like too routine and it's not as much life giving and something I'm excited to do, then what can we add, take away change and being willing to like, let that be flexible as we spend time with the Lord. Cause the point is to enjoy God and to like commune with him. And when it stops feeling that way, it's both asking him to help us with that desire, but to also protect our hearts from not becoming too legalistic and being willing to step outside and try some new things that help us maybe hear or see God better. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So when you're talking about making sure it doesn't become a check mark, one thing that I feel like we're always told in the church is have a right time in the morning, get up early, make sure you're like in the same chair. So what would you say to not necessarily combat that, but to come alongside of that and say, like, how, how can we make it a routine, but not a check mark, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that that kind of encouragement that a lot of us might have grown up with in church, or even if we didn't, I think somewhere along the way, we've figured out that quiet time is like something we're supposed to do at this certain place in this certain time. And I think the heart behind that encouragement is like good, but I just think it's incomplete. Mm. I think the encouragement is probably often given because when we do something in the same place at the same time each day, it does create a lasting habit that even on the days that we're maybe not thinking about it as consciously, we know like, okay, but it's whatever time and like, that's what I do. So I do think that there's like some power in allowing there to be rhythms that when we don't feel like it, it's already in place. But I think in that encouragement to have consistency, it almost got translated a lot of times to us as like, if it looks any different than it did yesterday, then I'm failing. And so for me, like I am in a season right now where I'm working to get it to where it's like around the same time, but it doesn't look the same every single day. And that's because 
some days I'm nannying, some days I'm working other places, some days I'm at home and I have a slower morning. And so my location can't look the same, but that doesn't mean I go, oh, well, I give up. And now I just can't spend time with the Lord because I don't have my special chair. But at the same time, like there is a sweetness to returning to the same place that allows us to go like when I sit here and when I'm like, this is where I'm meeting with the Lord. Now, it's not the only place I'm meeting with him, but this is kind of a reminder of when I sit here or at this time, then this is like where I am focusing in on spending time with the Lord, which is good. But again, it's like praying to God, like asking for protection from becoming too worked up about the place and time. And so I feel like I'm not answering the question kind of intentionally because it's like, yes, it matters when and where in the sense that we want to be people that see our need and recognize our need for God. And so we have a plan in place, but we also live in the freedom that if on Tuesdays it needs to happen in the evening or something crazy happens on a Wednesday and we need to readjust, then we're willing to do that. And it's more about the heart and the time with the Lord than it is about, are we nailing it at this time and at this place every day? Cause that's the thing, like the Lord looks at the heart. And so yes, let's be consistent to help ourselves out. Cause we're not good at like choosing things. If we're just like at the mercy of chaos, we're like, Oh, I'll do it sometime. Like we need some structure, but at the same time, if your day doesn't look like you thought it would, how can we instead go, Oh, well, I'll get it tomorrow. Go, okay, then this is just an opportunity to pivot and figure out where else I can spend intentional time sitting with Lord. Gosh, one of my favorite things from when we were in huddle group together was when you would always say like, there is so much a freedom and b lack of shame when you don't do your quiet time like if you do miss a day or if you miss a week or a month or whatever the lord is still meeting with you throughout your day and it doesn't just have to be in that special chair at that special time um even though those things are sacred to a certain extent or like ebenezer stones that they bring you breaths of fresh air i I, i've carried that with me of there's so much freedom in your quiet time Oh, absolutely. Because I think too, if we just do a quiet time every day at the same time, and our heart's not in the right place, then like, that's no better than I think just if we're not spending time with the Lord, and like, you're right, there is no shame. But we do want to get to the bottom of like, okay, what is like the heart issue? Is it that we're like, not aware of our need for God? Is it that we're too busy and things need to go? Is it that just we need help and we don't have any accountability? And when left to our own strength, we don't pick the right things for ourselves. And so how can we look at the heart and not just making the outside look good? And that's back kind of to the checklist of we can mark it off a paper and say we read our Bibles. But what God is more concerned about is, are our hearts transformed? And are we surrendered to him? Like, God, I need you. And I'm not just spending time to get things from you. But I recognize that you're my source of life. And so I don't want to go another step without first spending time with you. Mm. That was beautifully said. So so let's kind of focus in on what is at the heart? What is at the bottom of a quiet time like you had mentioned before? So let's just say, you know, what is a quiet time and what really is the the baseline foundation of a quiet time? Yeah, I think quiet time is sometimes a funny word because we think it's got to be some like really somber quiet time. <laughs> but I yeah. do think like the point of the wording is that it is a space where we quiet everything around us and we get our hearts set to a place where the volume is low enough to actually hear from the Lord. Like we remove the noise and we spend time with him. And honestly, for me, the word that I have best used to explain to people as I've 
gotten older, just had more words to put to it. I really think at the root of it is communion. And what I mean by that, so in the church, we have like big C communion. We have that as an ordinance of the church where we remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross by taking bread and juice. And we remember that. But then there's also little C communion that also means more kind of along the ideas of this intimacy and fellowship. And I think it's really beautiful, though, that we get to commune with the Father, that actually communion, what we celebrate in the church, is that Jesus's holy sacrifice is now our righteousness is through Jesus Christ, and we can have a relationship with him. And so just cool the connection that we get to commune with the Father, we get to spend time with him where we used to not be able to do that. That is only because of the blood of Jesus. And so we recognize that, yes, like, maybe every week in church or every once in a while, but we also get to do that in little C communion every single day as we spend time with him. And I was thinking about John 15 when it talks about abide or remain in your translation, but that word in the Greek, it's meno. And if you read it, one of my favorite things about that passage where that Greek word is specifically used is one of the definitions is to maintain unbroken fellowship with one. And I just think that is like the most beautiful thing that we don't talk about when we talk about quiet times. Quiet time is like homework, where it's like sitting down and it's supposed to be like, it's kind of boring, but we do it because we're supposed to. And I think for me, what has really like unlocked so many things in the last several years is that it is actually, we get to commune with our father, that we have a God, God Emmanuel, God with us, that wants to be with us to the point that Jesus laid down his life so that we would have access to relationship with him. And the fact that we have a God that wants to be with us, and we have a choice of if we're going to accept that invitation into fellowship with him. And so when we go to sit down for, you know, quote, quiet time, we're entering into relationship, we're continuing fellowship with this God who loves us and wants to be with us, and who is like truly the most trustworthy person or thing in our lives. And the fact that we can run to someone that will never let us down, that wants to be with us, that loved us to the point of giving everything so that he could have relationship with us. To me, I'm like, when I think of it that way, I'm like, well, then it's a no brainer. Of course, I want to spend time with him, not just because of all the things he did for me. But yeah, I want to spend time with that good God. (laughs) I want to be at his feet and I want to look more like him. And so I think at the root of it and kind of the word I wish we used more was communion. And what does it look like to actually maintain unbroken fellowship with God and that relationship aspect of it's not just like, oh, I have to do my Christian homework today so that I can like check it off and move on. But I have a living active relationship with the God of the universe who wants to meet with me every day. And I don't want to miss out on that invitation. So, so let's um, kind of just piggyback off of it. Why is this important for Christian living, for a practical Christian life? Why is communion or quiet time? Why is that important? That's a great question. I think it's something that we do have to wrestle with. And I think even when we have to fight the feelings of I don't feel like doing things that are good for me. I have to sometimes logic my way through it of like reminding us why we do it. And that goes for eating vegetables, moving our bodies, like getting sleep, drinking water, spending time with the Lord, but all these things. And honestly, as I think just to put it into, I guess, some simpler words, but I think part of why it's important is because it's like the best thing for us. Like I love that communing with the father. Yes. Like he is worthy of our full attention. 
But the fact that the thing that brings him glory is also the thing that is best for us, that to me is just like the goodness of God, that he knows that time spent with him and in relationship with him, yes, is glorifying and honoring to him. Absolutely. But it's always simultaneously the best thing for us. And so I just thought about, honestly, some of the scripture that I've looked at is I love Psalm 19. It talks about the word and the law and how it's perfect and life-giving. And then it ends with one of my favorite verses, um, just being made the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so you just think about let my heart meditate on your word that is perfect and it is sure. And I really encourage you to read through that because it definitely puts to light just kind of, oh yeah, this is what the word of God is. But I mean, even John 1, 1 reminds us that in the beginning the was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we're not just reading words on a page, but it's the very breath of God breathed out onto pages through the inspiration of human authors. And so it's, we're like, I want to hear from God. And I think God's like, okay, you can, like, it's right here written down for you and you can hold it in your hands. But other scripture that I went to was John fourteen six, also in that same gospel, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And we call the word of God truth. And if Jesus is also the word, then he's also truth. And so for us to spend time with him and why it's important is it's a connection to our life source, but also it's the very best thing for us. Um, and yeah, I think there's so many other scriptures I could read, but you know, just to back itself. But I think part of why it's important is Jesus is the sustainer of our lives. And for us to go about all of our lives, not connected to him is very kind of crazy. Like we do it all the time and I'm guilty of this as well. But then when I say it like this, I'm like, oh yeah, that's why it's important. Not just so that I can perform well and God won't be mad at me. That's not it at all. It's like God knows like, hey, I told you that in this world, there's going to be trouble. And I told you to have courage because I've already overcome. But how are you going to do that? By clinging to my truth. And Jesus even prays that. I read that this morning in John 17, verses 17 through 19. I don't have it pulled up, but if you'll go back and read it, Jesus prays that they would be sanctified by truth and the truth is God's word. And then Jesus goes on to keep talking about how he laid himself down as the holy sacrifice so that we could too be sanctified. And so it's just all these things of why it's important is it is just the kindness and faithfulness of God. The word of God is also record of his faithfulness repeatedly shown to unfaithful people. And that reminds us and I think also when we're willing to, whether it be start our day, do it at part of our day, for me, it looks like I'm trying to get better at doing it at the beginning of my day, because whenever we do it, it is also a, like a bow of submission to remind ourselves that this is not in our own strength, that we don't go about the things that we get to do today without his power. And for me, it's really easy if I get my day started and I am not spending time with him, it's really easy for me to start doing everything in current strength. And so spending even five minutes with him at the beginning of the day is just that even reminder and God blesses like our surrender and our obedience. Wow. I am furiously typing on my phone these things because I'm like, I don't <laughs> I even want to have to wait until we edit this to remember this. My goodness. Corinne, thank you so much for being here. We have really loved this part of this conversation. And with that, I'll just lead us into our benediction for the week. So may we meditate on his words every day. 
May we take joy in communing with Jesus, and may we go in grace and peace to love and serve the Lord. Guys, I'll see you very soon. Have a great rest of your day.